At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill. Presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. A Tuesday show for you. Jason Weingarten of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast will join us. He's also a professional baseball better. You've heard him on the show a number of times. So, Excited to talk to him, get his thoughts on the state of Major League Baseball, baseball futures. He's always got, uh, if you're familiar with Jason, he's always got you know 100 to 1 t- shots, 80 to 1 shots that he's betting currently that he likes. He's always got his eye on the futures market. So always interesting to talk to him. Excited for that conversation that is coming up. Quickly with the baseball, Yankees just ridiculous that they're off yesterday. They do play tonight. Montgomery against Syndergaard. Syndergaard back in New York. Obviously the former Met. Let's see, we got Yankees, our favorite tonight, as this line just is without Stanton, without Donaldson. I don't know how you go over here. It is Yankees minus 134, total 8.5. I saw the first five innings, the total's under 4.5, and and I think that's cash for the Yankees. The under is cash, 8 out of the last 10, 5 in a row, I think. Yeah, it is 5 in a row, because all four Yankees raised games went under. So uh, just quickly on the Yankees-Angels, and the Yankees stemming the tide here with no Donaldson, no Stanton. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to hit. You just need to kind of hold their ground, hold the fort here until they get some of these guys back, especially with some of these bullpen issues. But Yankees under four and a half. First five would be the play in that one. Mets with a big win last night as they fall behind three nothing early. Boom. I think it was two nothing or three nothing. Yeah, it was three nothing. They scored two in the first and then they just stormed past the Nationals. Who have awful, have no pitching. Uh, Corbin on the night, uh, on the mound tonight against Trevor Williams. Corbin's just been horrible. I would go over five for the first five in this one at Bet Rivers. Corbin, since that run in 2019 where he was great in the postseason, he has just been hammered relentlessly. Uh, look at his numbers all across the board in terms of exit velocity, spin rate. I mean, his numbers are just awful. And Williams is a guy who, let's face it, he wouldn't be in the major leagues. He definitely wouldn't be in the rotation here if it weren't for not just one, two, but three injuries. He's really you know, a seventh or an eighth starter. So should see plenty of runs tonight. It's hot in this area. You know, it's hot in New York. 90 degrees finally after it took forever to warm up. Would expect a lot of runs here uh, between the Mets and the Nats. So you go over five in that one. So that's the baseball as the Mets host the Nats. Yankees uh, host the Angels. Both, both New York teams are home tonight and in action. But the story is the is the hockey. And that is the New York Rangers once again with their back up against the wall. Avoid elimination. 
really dominated the game from start to finish as they win the game. What was the final here? I know the game went over. It was just, it, it was never a game. I mean, once they got, it was 3 nothing going into the third. You, you hung around, at least I hung around with it and said, you know what, I want to see the celebration. Who knows? Anything can happen in hockey. If they cut it to 3-1, it could quickly go to 3-2, then you have a game. But the Rangers made it 4 nothing as it was a 6-2 final. They made it 4 nothing. That's when the Hurricanes scored their first goal to make it 4-1. But right after that, the, Angels, the Rangers answer, make it 5-1 and go on to a 6-2 victory. And they host the Lightning in Game 1 of the Conference Finals. How about that? I mean, just think about everything this team has been through, from being down three games to one. Back-to-back -back games where you allow seven goals for the Vesna winner and Igor. Down 2 nothing Game 5, just dead as a doorknob. Down 2 nothing in Game 6 in Pittsburgh. And then down 3-2 late in Game 7. Boom, boom, boom. They win all three. Go to Carolina, immediately down two games to none. They rally back, win three and four when they have to. Win game six at home when they have to. And they come out last night, and I, I think they did what they had to do. When you're the road team, I compare this a lot to... Uh, I've compared them to the 2017 Yankees. Remember that Yankee run? They were just they, they were behind constantly in those series, whether it was the Twins in the playing game. They were down right away in that series, in that game, rallied back to win. Down 2 nothing, down two games to none to the Indians in the division round. Down two games to none against the Astros in the ALCS. And just kept rallying back, and, and they didn't play as well. Once they got even in the series, they didn't play as well. Uh, you know, once they got ahead, uh, Houston three three games to two, that's when they, they lost the next two and got eliminated. But similar to the Yankees, you know, deciding game on the road, whether it's game seven or in the five-game series, a best of five, that, that game five, when you're on the road for that deciding game, I think it's so important to get it done early because it quiets the crowd. It, more than even quiets the crowd, it sort of reverses the energy. It reverses the tension. There's a lot of excitement for game seven, but there's also that tension that, hey, even though you're the home team, if you're Carolina, you're also facing elimination. And boom, Rangers score four or five minutes into the game. Right away, it's one nothing. Shortly after, it's two nothing, and it starts to turn. It starts to, you know, that home ice almost works against you at that at that standpoint when the crowd is quiet and everyone's nervous. And boy, it's just sort of like being at a funeral as the Rangers just dominate the game. I thought Carolina just some bad penalties early, sloppy, careless. And I thought the Rangers were the better team. I, I said coming into the series, you know the the formula for the Rangers to steal the series. Remember, I like the Rangers in the series. You know, I had some guests on that like the Rangers. I just thought, you know what? They played so badly in Pittsburgh but survived. I like that aspect of it. Here's the deal with the Rangers. Get to a game seven and anything can happen. And hey, anything came through last night so the Rangers move on. Pretty good sized underdog similar to the Carolina series. Uh, Tampa here minus 182 at Bet Rivers to win the series. Rangers plus 155. Now remember, the Rangers are home for game one so the Rangers are only plus 105 for game one as the Lightning minus 125. I think it's the same sort of theory here. Get to a game seven. Obviously, you know, you're not the better team. Lightning, two-time defending champs going for their third straight championship, third straight Stanley Cup finals appearance. Get to a game seven and anything can happen. You have a great goalie. You'll be at home. Now, the other goalie, the goalie for Tampa, he's pretty damn good too. He gets a paycheck as well. He might be the better goalie in this series. I mean, it's a, it's a toss-up, I would think. But... Uh, I think if you're the Rangers, you're very live in the series. Again, you go into this series with house money, and uh, you know you could just just make this a long series, get this to a game seven, and hey, absolutely anything can happen to a game seven. So I do think we'll, we're in for a longer series, and uh, I think the Rangers are going to the Cup final. I mean, think about it. A couple weeks ago, we kind of mentioned. I think it was when it was three-one Pittsburgh that the Rangers were fifty to one to win a cup, and some of these sites, I think Bet Rivers does a good job of this too. They update the futures during the game so can you imagine what the rangers odds were not only down three games to one but down two nothing i mean they had to be 100 to 1 150 to 1 and hey here they are four wins away in a series where they have have home ice so from going to a cup final so this is a great job by the rangers i made the point yesterday they're a little like the islanders of the past couple of years we don't feel like they're a great team or a dominant team they're just a gutty team uh they seem to you know they have a good goalie they're well coached and they just seem to you know, play well here when their back's up against the wall. So I think the Rangers are not going to be intimidated. I don't think the Rangers are going to get blown out of this series. I think we're looking at a long series here as the Rangers. Uh, let's go through here. Bet Rivers, boy, Bet Rivers does a good job with these series prices because not just the series prices, but the NHL in general. There's just so many ways to bet it. Like Edmonton, Colorado tonight, you can bet 7-1. to one. Will there be a shutout? Over-under, McDavid shots on goal. There's just a million ways to get at, at this uh, if you go to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. But let's go to exact series score. Rangers to sweep, 19-1. to one. 
Rangers four to uh, Rangers to win in five plus eight fifty. Rangers to win in six plus seven fifty. Rangers to win in seven plus five seventy five. That's the one I like. Lightning to sweep plus six fifty. Lightning to win in five plus four twenty five. Lightning to win in six. That's the shortest shot on the board plus three seventy. And then the lightning to win in seven plus five twenty five. Hey, if you think this series is going seven, you could just bet Rangers to win in seven, and you can bet Lightning to win in seven. And if it gets to a game seven, uh, you're coming out ahead no matter what. So I do think this is a longer series. Uh, I think this will be a great series. If you go to Bet Rivers, they just so many ways to bet these games. Game one is tomorrow. We'll do more on that tomorrow. But uh, great job by the Rangers. Great job by the Rangers. It's funny too. Since 2015, this is the fourth time a New York team has played the Lightning in the conference finals. You go back 2015, the Rangers played the Lightning. With the Lightning winning in that conference finals. And then obviously the last two years, the Islanders uh, losing to the Lightning. Two years ago in the bubble, they lost in six in overtime in game six. And then last year they lost the uh, the heartbreaking one nothing game seven. Really a series where if they win that, they win the Stanley Cup. And here we are a year later with their coach fired. So we'll see if the Rangers can break that streak. I have a feeling they will. I just I have a good feeling about this team. Boy, they've been dead a million times, and they just keep coming back to life. They are the uh, the Jason Voorhees, the Michael Myers, of the NHL. They just you can't seem to kill them. So great job by the Rangers. They advance as they get Game One here uh, in the Garden tomorrow. And boy, I, I bet if you gave Gary Bettman, if you gave the NHL true serum, can you imagine how good it'd be for the NHL to have McDavid versus the Rangers? McDavid in Madison Square Garden. That would just be uh, great for the league. Absolutely great for the league. So. That other series starts tonight. Avalanche and Oilers. If the Rangers do beat the Lightning, they will get the winner of that series. Avalanche, a big favorite. I think minus 240 at Bet Rivers. Big favorite for game one. That total is seven in game one. I would only look to the under there. Uh, look, if you get eight goals and you beat me, so be it. But seven is a lot, especially for a conference final game. So that I would go under there. That's a little bonus pick on the, the Avalanche and the Oilers for game one of the Western Conference Finals. So... The Rangers advance. We got at least a couple more weeks of hockey. I'm excited. It was really, you know, I was excited to watch the game last night. You sit down and you, you know what? You're going to be on the edge of your chair for three hours. And really, it wasn't that way. It, it's weird to have a game seven where you don't have that intensity because game sevens, there's so much tension. There's so much nerves. Right off the bat, one nothing Rangers. Right off the bat, two nothing Rangers. And it just, it went from there as the Rangers just completely dominated the game. And they advanced. So good job by the Rangers. We will see them in the next round. And, Look, you know, a couple more weeks of hockey at least. Who knows? The, the Stanley Cup Finals, we're already into June. I would think the Cup Finals probably goes until, what, end of June, almost early July. Because, remember, they had the delay. It was going to be for the Olympics, but then it was COVID was breaking out, so they didn't end up playing the Olympics. They just took, like, a, what, 10-day, two-week recess. So, usually the NHL playoffs is ahead of the NBA playoffs. Usually it would be, like, in the Cup Finals by now. And uh, usually the NHL finishes a week or two before the NBA finishes, it's flip-flop this year. So it's kind of throwing everything off. But hockey season continues. Rangers uh, in action tomorrow night at home. Yankees home tonight. Mets home tonight. So the picks for tonight, Yankees under four and a half in the first five. Mets over five in the first five. Let's see what Bet Rivers has here for specials because they had a couple good ones. I was just looking at the Bet Rivers app here. They got some good ones for tonight. Of course, go download the Bet Rivers app, see what they got to offer, go take their money. Oh, the Power of Thor special. Syndergaard to record over five and a half strikeouts. And the Yankees. Uh, so let's see. It's Syndergaard to go over five and a half strikeouts versus the Yankees and over nine and a half runs. So plus 810. Boy, that's a hell of a price. Now, Syndergaard hasn't been striking out a lot of guys. He's sort of changed his repertoire. He's changed his profile since all the injuries. More of a ground ball pitcher, more of a contact pitcher. Uh, and scoring 10 runs with this Yankee lineup is not going to be easy. But, hey, a 6-4 game is not impossible. I kind of like this one here from from uh, Bet Rivers here in terms of the over 5.5 strikeouts for Syndergaard, over 9.5 runs. That plays plus 8-10. And then what else we got here? Avalanche to sweep the Oilers, plus 525. That is boosted up. As well as Curry, plus 105. You get Curry, plus 105 to win the Finals MVP, that's a hell of a price because they are minus 155 for the series. I'd have a hard time seeing the Warriors win the series and anybody but Curry getting it because uh, for all the championships that Golden State has won, Curry's never won Finals MVP. I thought he should have gotten that first year. If you're going to give it to any Warrior in that 2015 season, they gave it to Iguodala. I thought it should have gone to Curry. 
Uh, I think if the Warriors win it, Curry's almost an absolute lock to win this award. So getting him at plus one, uh, plus one hundred five at plus money, is uh, is a pretty good bargain. So again, go to BetRivers.com, download the BetRivers app. Coming up next, Jason Weingarten, MVP futures, Cy Young futures, hundred to one. Is there anything he likes in that market? That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by BetRivers Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21 or older. Available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. He's everyone's favorite guest. We'll talk a little baseball here. He's the host of Wide World of Weingarten Podcast. It is Jason Weingarten. Jason, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Uh, I guess we'll start with the Yankees. I thought they really had a chance to bury Tampa in this four-game series gone by. Um you know, look, with all the injuries, I said, hey, the bullpen's beat up, Stanton's hurt, Donaldson's out. If you could just get a split, that's not bad considering, you know, all the guys that are out. That being said, the way they split kind of bothered me, you know, as somebody with Yankees futures tickets because they won the first two. They had Cole pitch in the third game. They had a lead, let that game get away, tough loss. Then Sunday they had men on base all day against McClanahan, who uh, we'll talk about the Cy Young here in a minute. McClanahan's got a good chance to win the Cy Young. He is just nasty, but... Kind of the way they split bothered me. If I'm the, you know, if I'm the Yankees, they, I'm worried here. I'm only up four in the loss column on Tampa. Lineup is a mess. You know, from five down, the bullpen's a mess. How worried would you be here if you're the Yankees? I wouldn't be worried, but if they did not match their performance in uh, June that they had in May, I would not be surprised. There, there's definitely some regression potential for uh, for the Yankees. Do you think that's because of the injuries, because the schedule's been soft, a combination of the two, or something else? Combination. Um, a lot of stuff. I mean, just also when you drill down sort of into the advanced stats, like Aaron Judge, for example, he's got like a something like trying to trying to, to find it here. Hold on one second. It's a, oh, yeah, 26.3% strikeout rate, which isn't abnormally high, but... You know, you typically don't get a 300 hitter with a 26% strikeout rate. So seeing a guy like Judge regress slightly, you know, would not surprise me. And I'm a firm believer that when you have, you know, a team built around your superstars, your Judge, your Stanton, your Rizzo, you know, when they're not performing, it's a lot to ask the rest of the lineup to pick it up. You know, the good teams go as far as the superstars carry them and, you know, uh, stands on the DL right now. If if Judge regresses a little bit, it wouldn't surprise me to see them drop some uh, otherwise winnable games. Yeah, and I think it sounds like they avoided worst case with, with Stan. It sounds like it's just a heel. It's not like a calf strain like he's had in the past that would keep him out. Look, when Stan gets hurt, he's usually out for months. It sounds like he could be back this weekend. He's already hitting. It's only like, a, I think, ankle inflammation is how they deemed it. So Stan could be back, but in the meantime, you just worry about Judge getting anything to hit. If I'm another team, I'm just going to throw breaking balls in the dirt. I'll throw everything out of the zone. If you want to walk, walk. If you want to strike yourself out and swing a pitch in the dirt, go for it. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to throw the ball in the strike zone and watch you hit it nine miles and run around the bases. That's what I'm not going to do. Absolutely. I mean, that goes into sort of seeing his stats regress a little bit too. He has, uh, what, 18 home runs already? Incredible. I don't, I don't think he's going to keep that pace up it's not because i don't think he can physically keep that pace up i just don't think he's going to get pitches to hit now yankee fans could be whiny i admit that i think that complaining about cole cole's actually gotten to a point where he's underrated you know people knock stan stan's been unbelievable i mean no he's been hurt but yankee fans like to whine they're a little spoiled that being said hicks we're into June now. Hicks has two extra base hits. Gallo is basically an automatic out. The catcher doesn't hit. They don't get much out of the shortstop in terms of offense. Let's just start, I think, with let's go with Gallo and Hicks here. What do you do if you're the Yankees? I know Andahar can give you a live bat. You just you can't really afford, especially with the injuries, you can't afford to carry these guys like Gallo and Hicks. You can't have an outfielder with two extra base hits, you know, seven, eight weeks into the season. But what do you do here if you're the Yankees? You either have to go out and find replacements, you know, at the trade deadline. Uh, potentially for Gallo, you could move him into a sort of a bench pinch hitter role. But 
<clears throat> Gallo's always been a high strikeout guy. We've we've known this since the beginning with him in uh, in Texas. So it's not surprising to see him, you know, put up uh, bad numbers, high strikeout numbers in New York. Hicks a little bit more of a mystery. Maybe he's just fallen off. You know, certain guys just kind of reach a certain age, have have an after an X number of bats, just kind of fall off. Um, I say I think Hicks is likely a couple weeks away from being replaced as an everyday outfielder, and it's just it's it, there's nothing you can do. Like at a certain point, it just becomes a matter of fact that you're not contributing positively to the lineup, and it's a results business, so you get replaced. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I could live with the strikeouts with Gallo. I've always kind of defended him like, hey, it's going to be ugly. He might hit 220, but he's going to run into 30 homers. He's going to walk. He's actually going to play a pretty good outfield. He's faster than you might think because of his size. So he's he's got a weird pro- profile. He's definitely feast or famine. But you look up, it's not a lot of feast. He's got seven RBIs. So I could live with the strikeouts if he had, you know, 14 homers or 12 homers. But he's got seven RBIs. It's just at some point, you know, when you're hitting 167, I'll look what his OPS. I mean, none of his numbers are going to be good. But when you have seven RBIs, you know, the damage you're you're not doing isn't enough to make up for for all the strikeouts and the lack of production. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, it just it, it's like you said, feast or famine with Gallo. And you have to be willing to take the negative variance if you want that high power, positive, positive bat, you know home run power in the lineup. If they do come back to the pack, Toronto's starting to play a little better. I'll get you the division odds, and you can tell me what numbers would interest you, even if they're not exactly uh, what Bet Rivers has to offer. Let's just start Tampa or Toronto. Let's say the Yankees come back to the pack. Who do you think is more likely to jump up and steal his division? I like Tampa more than Toronto. I think Toronto is the, the sexy preseason hype team. And they could definitely improve, but one of the things I like to, to say about Tampa and the Rays is that the, the Rays team that we watch in April and May is not the same Rays team we're going to watch in August and September. Last year, you know, they didn't have Wander Franco up until the last two months of the season. Um, they had Rich Hill in the rotation in the first half of the season, ended up trading him. Um, Nelson Cruz joined the, the team midseason, if I recall. Um, we don't know what trades, what deals, <clears throat> what prospects the uh, the Rays are going to unearth and turn into valuable uh, contributors. Last year, remember, Drew Rasmussen uh, got traded and for the the shortstop Willie Willie Adamas Adamas. I don't I actually always screw up his last name. Um, he's a very good shortstop though on the Brewers now, but uh, they got Rasmussen. And everyone was like, who's this guy? I literally didn't even know who he is. Now all of a sudden he's a frontline starter. So the Rays have a, a habit of adding guys out of nowhere. You know, Isaac Paredes is another example. Traded, uh, uh, what's his name, Austin Meadows for him. Just these guys come out of nowhere and you're like, oh, wow, this guy's good. Where How'd the Rays figure this out? So uh, plenty of players still to come up for the Rays later in the season. Probably a couple trades to be made. And, uh, you know, I, I think of all the teams in the ALEs, they're most likely to make a run for the division. Six to one here at Bet Rivers. Does that interest you? Is that something you Yeah, like, I like six to one. I mean, I, like you're laying whatever price you're laying with the Yankees probably isn't compelling to me. And um, Toronto short, if they're what's what's Toronto, two and a half, three? Uh, no, you can get them, I think, plus 375. 375. Yeah, I mean, not that exciting. Not like if, if I was going to bet something that short, I, I think like the Astros to win the, the pennant probably more interesting to me. What price <clears> would you need on Boston? Boston has played a lot better the last two or three weeks. They're hitting stories come to life. 31 to one at bet rivers. What, what number would you need here on Boston? They're still a good distance behind the Yankees, but again, they have a lot of head to head games with the Yankees. Uh, we saw the Yankees a race a 10 game lead on Boston last year. They went back and forth. What number would you need on Boston? If I was looking at Boston, I would rather find a yes, no, make the playoffs price okay. than than the division. But thirty-one to one's not bad. I mean, <clears throat> it's more exciting than laying a short favorite. Yeah, plus I uh, mentioned plus three sixty-five with the Blue Jays, plus five seventy-five here with the Rays, Red Sox, thirty-one to one. I'm not even going to tell you the Orioles because you're going to want to bet it. I think it's seven hundred and fifty to one. So you're probably going to seven hundred fifty. Yeah, I, I got to probably... count the zeros here. That's either seventy-five to one. Plus seventy five thousand. Yeah, that's it's seven hundred and fifty to one. Seven hundred 
750 to 1. Wow. You don't usually see odds that high on anything. No. No, you don't. Uh, and they're coming too. I, you made the point, and you're 100 right. They're they're on their way to getting better. Between you know, whenever Grayson Rodriguez comes up, you know, they're you know the thing is their bullpen's a lot better. You used to be able to just kill their bullpen. They got guys coming out of the bullpen throwing the ball 100 miles an hour. I think uh, I forget the big guy's name, but um, Batista. Batista has really good stuff. Really good stuff. The guy that went in the Beltran trade. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Dylan you know Tate. I'm talking about? Yeah. Dylan Tate, he's got good stuff. The bullpen's a lot better. You should just be able to kill their bullpen, but, but Baltimore is definitely, you can see where two, three years from now, they could be a monster. That's how the, re the rebuild starts. Yeah. I saw it with the Braves, saw it with the Cubs. You know, like it, it takes, it's taking a lot longer with Baltimore, but they are sticking to their plan. Yeah, even the uh, the Rays the first time around, like those mid two thousand teams. Remember, they were just horrible their whole existence. Then eventually, hey, you're bad four, five, six years in a row. Eventually, unless you're just completely incompetent picking these players, eventually you're going to end up you know picking one and two in the draft every year. Eventually, by hook or by crook, you end up with some good players. Yeah, that's the thing about American sports is we reward being bad with yeah. high draft picks. It's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, the Mets, boy, you would think with these injuries, they take a step back, and maybe they will. Their schedule is about to get tough. A bunch of games at the Dodgers, at the Angels, Brewers, Padres. But, boy, Atlanta just hasn't fired. You look at the names in the Braves lineup, and you just expect them to be much better. They haven't done anything. I think the Phillies, with their bullpen, their defense, are, are not really a factor. Do you expect the Mets, even with these injuries, even with the schedule upcoming, to just completely run and hide and keep this huge lead in the East, or you think it gets tight at some point? And based on, on the lineups from the Phillies and the, the Braves, I would say that both of those teams are, are too good to, to not contend and, and make a run. But I just don't see the Mets all of a sudden being bad. Like, where, what's, what's the reason that the Mets are going to drop off? Like, you're just saying that they, they have to regress? I, I guess. Um, they get DeGrom back. They're going to get Scherzer back. They're, you know, all their starting pitchers are coming back. None of them are out for the season. They have uh, plenty of ammunition to go and make some more trades, get anybody who uh, might pop up on the trade market. So I don't necessarily see anybody contending, competing <clears throat> with the Mets for the division. It's just, it's it's the best team. They got the, the most money to spend. Uh, they're probably going to win. How hopeful are you? How optimistic, I guess, would be the word that DeGrom is going to come back? Because I'm at the point, I, I would think he'll be back, but we're almost a year to the date calendar-wise where he hasn't pitched. At some point, you got to get back on a mound. He still hasn't had rehab starts. I don't know if he's thrown off a mound. Uh, how optimistic are you he comes back, and, and how far away you think he is? Well, I bet some 300-1 to 1 for uh, Cy Young, just just in case he uh, he does come back. Always, you know, that number gets to 100-1. to 1. It kept going higher and higher, I'll bet, uh, another 100 bucks on it or 200 bucks on it every now and then but i mean realistically as you're saying we're turning the calendar over tomorrow to june and he's not pitching rehab games yet so we're looking like a july you know sort of comeback and if we're lucky that means before the all-star break he might make a start but at this point you know just being realistic we're looking another six weeks out or so means the earliest we see DeGrom is in the second half of the season, and nobody's ever won a Cy Young just pitching half a season. So likely dead money, but it's still Jacob DeGrom. So don't count him out. You know, I mean, he'll come back. It's it's possible that he reclaims the mantle as the best pitcher alive. Yeah, I, I think whatever the timeline on a return is, I would just go over because, like you said, you know he's so, he's so important. He's not he hasn't had pitch rehab games yet, and he's just had so many injuries. Remember last year he had you know a bunch where it just kept he kept kicking the can down the road. Every few weeks it was an update. He's out indefinitely. He's out indefinitely. So I think they're going to be cautious because he's so important. And I think the fact that they have what a, a nine ten game lead, there's no need to rush him back. So I think exactly. all those factors into lead him you know into being out longer than probably. You might think the goal is a championship, right? So if you get him back for the final month of the season and get him ready for the playoff rotation, that's a lot more important than him winning another Cy Young. I think you would agree. 
Absolutely. I, I, the date in my mind has just been, hey, August 1st, if you can have DeGrom, Scherzer, and like a five-game lead on August 1st, you just got August, September, right into October, that's more realistic to keep him healthy for three months as opposed to, you know, four, five, six months. Yeah, I mean, that's that's about winning a championship. Um, we're still a good, what, June 1st, probably six, seven weeks away from major trades. Who do you think will be available? Uh, do you think the Red Sox recent run, again, it's early. Do you think the Red Sox recent run has prevented them from being sellers? Obviously, if they go in the tank the next month, they could still sell. But J.D. Martinez could be a guy. Uh, who are some guys do you think, Nelson Cruz, who do you think will be available? Mets or Yankees or just in general some trade candidates here in the next couple months? Uh, Nelson Cruz, definitely. I mean, guys who signed one-year contracts the offseason. Uh, Carlos Correa could be available if the, the Twins go on a bad run. There's no guarantee that he finishes out the year in Minnesota. Um, Juan Soto, I'm pretty, pretty adamant that um, the, the Nationals should look at offers for him if they don't think he's going to resign. I don't think he's going to resign with them. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would not be surprised to see Juan Soto traded this year. A lot of people are saying it's not going to happen, but um, I don't know. I, I think he's, he's available. He's a what, in two years? Yeah, he's got a year okay. and a half left, two years on his contract. But if you know you're not going to get anything from him when he leaves, you know, it's time to uh, time to ask the Dodgers for 10 prospects, you know, like – see what the most you can get for him is if you know you're going to get nothing it's not <clears throat> the the nationals are so far away from being a contender at the moment that you're just wasting his his career um not you know i, I just think he he probably he's won a championship there it's time to go to a, a team that's going to be committed to winning in the short term now but uh yeah guys on guys on one-year contracts that sign this offseason i could see rich hill possibly getting moved uh you know, with the, the lack of pitching out there, he's an attractive option. Uh, Luis Castillo on the Reds. I don't think Joey Votto wants to be traded. He's got a no-trade clause, but he could definitely benefit from uh, a change of scenery and going to a contender. Don't don't think that's going to happen, though. And then, yeah, it's uh, that's all I got off the top of my head, I think. And you could probably have, like, Frankie Montas from the A's, anybody on the Pirates that's not young, probably any any of those guys too, right? Yeah, I mean, the A's have been vocal that they are selling and going to continue to sell. They're not going to contend. Um, you know, it's they're a glorified AAA team this season. So would not surprise me to see them trade off some more assets. To go back to your Soto point, uh, again, this is probably unrealistic, but... I don't know that either team will do this, but a starting point of Dominguez plus, you know, a Volpe or one of these shortstop, would that something, if you're the Nationals, would that attract, would that interest you? No. Oh, you really? mean Dominguez and Volpe? Whatever you want. Hey, you're giving me Soto. You're giving me one of the two or three best players in baseball. I, I, if I'm the Yankees, I, I got to listen no matter what you ask for. So is there is there a package? Is there a, you know, a, a loose package that you can sort of, at least a talking point, a starting point here with the Yankees? I mean... If I was the Nationals general manager and I was 100% convinced that Soto was not re-signing, if you gave me, you know, a roster for all your minor league teams and basically gave me, you know, your number one, your number two, your number three, your number four prospect, and you let me go through all your minor league levels and just pick whichever players I wanted, you know, I want, oh, I want that guy, I want that guy, I want, you know, like... We're getting up to like 10, 12 players at that point. I mean, if you literally just let me take 10, 12, you know, plus players, um, I'd have to consider it just from a long-term organizational development thing. If at a certain number, you know, anything becomes a consideration, but... Outside of the Yankees, outside of the Dodgers, maybe the the Giants, I, I don't see any teams that have the ammunition to make a deal work. And they're not going to trade them to the Mets in their own division. You know, that's just non-starter. Yeah, the only reason I bring up Dominguez is because, like you said, if the Nationals, if they're three, four years away from competing, Dominguez fits that timeline more where it's, hey, this kid's going to be great, but he's going to be great in two, three, four years, and you don't have to pay him for a while, and you can just kind of reset your timeline if you think Dominguez is that type of prospect. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I still need like 10 more prospects right. to to actually get that conversation off the ground. So, you know, and I'm not saying it's not possible. I mean, the point point of baseball is to win now, not in the future. So, you know, could happen. Uh, MVP. Now, let's just pretend. Let, let's make a, a pretend line here. I'll give you Judge and Otani versus the field, so you get both of them. What would that line look like? Uh, probably like minus five hundred or something. I mean, wow. Okay. You're getting you're getting Trout, you know, as the main Trout and Jose yeah. Ramirez, both uh, Devers, the 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 contenders you're worried about. But I don't know. I mean, Trout, uh, not Trout, Judge and Otani both have sort of a similar uh, sort of the, the only thing standing in their way is injury. And the only thing standing in Judge's way is Otani. Um, I'm actually really not convinced that Aaron Judge is worthy of being three to one for the uh, MVP. I'd actually probably make that number closer to seven or eight myself right now. Yeah, I guess... How should I ask this? I guess if Judge hits 60, because people like round numbers, that's just how humans work. If Judge hits 60 homers, the rest of his numbers are good, and Otani basically duplicates what he did last year. How do you think that vote goes? Well, um, to, to throw it back at you, Vlad Jr. I know. had a triple crown season last year, almost. And that was worthy of zero first-place MVP votes. So... Um, how much better is Aaron Judge's 2022 season so far compared to Vlad's 2021? I mean, has has anybody looked at that? Because I have. Um, right. No, it's a point. It's a, it, I've made the exact same point. I guess I'm just playing. I'm not even playing devil's advocate. I'm just throwing it out there that uh, people like round numbers. The 60, I know it's a triple crown, and maybe there's a little voter fatigue with Otani. Maybe. I'm not saying it was. I, I would still vote for Otani. I think, look, you got a guy who's hitting, who's, let's say he hit 40 homers and he has a two and a half ERA. How are you more valuable than that? I don't understand it. But uh, I just wonder if the voters kind of think the same way. Maybe they will. Well, through through uh, the end of May in 2021, Vlad had more hits, more doubles, two less home runs, more RBIs, higher walk rate, uh, lower strikeout rate by about 12%, a higher average, higher OBP, and uh, Judge was beating him in slugging. So... If you're telling me that Judge should be three to one right now, I'm gonna tell you that that's a overreaction to his home run numbers because he's not even really outpacing Vlad by that much year over year. Um, depressed ball or that different ball being whatever consideration you want, but um, Otani year over year, when you look at his numbers as a hitter, Doubles are down slightly. His home runs are down slightly. Everything else is pretty consistent. The walk rate's actually up 1%. The strikeout rate's down about 4 or 5%. Exit velocity is the same. Average is down 10, 14 points, whatever. But I don't even care about average. It's just a baseball card stat to me. Everything else, relatively close to what it was, at, was last year. <clears throat> the main difference being he's a slightly better pitcher. He's pitched more innings, uh, given up slightly more home runs, five versus three year over year. Uh, strikeouts have, have ticked up slightly also. He's up 63 strikeouts, uh, 10 walks, so uh, almost a slightly over a six to one strikeout to walk ratio, and a 12.79 K to nine. It's about half a, half a strikeout higher than it was in uh, 20, 2021. The, the main difference is his ERA right now is 3.45 3 compared to 2.72 last season. But his XFIP, which is a much more uh, you know realistic indicator of how he's pitching, he's got a 2.43 XFIP this year versus a 3.93 XFIP uh, this point last season. So I would argue that uh, adjusted to the, the, the slightly deadened ball year over year, Otani's actually a better player in 2022 than he is in 2021. And at the end of the season, if we extrapolate his numbers, you know, for a full season of health, he's still likely a 30 home run hitter, uh, close to 100 runs, 100 RBIs, 20 plus stolen bases. And this time 
he's going to have close to 200 strikeouts. So all I really need to do is look at the strikeouts, the stolen bases, and the home run. You tell me there's a guy with 30 home runs, 20, 20 strikeouts, sorry, 30, 30 home runs, 20 stolen bases, and 200 strikeouts. I don't see how that guy doesn't win the MVP. It just, you know, stop. I don't care how many home runs Aaron Judge hits. So, uh, and that doesn't even say anything. Are we sure Judge is better than Jose Ramirez right now? Because I'm not. Yeah, I'll give you. Let's just pretend you have nothing in pocket. You're you're going in with a clean slate. Otani plus two fifty here at Bet Rivers. Trout three to one. Judge plus three fifty. Guerrero eleven to one. Jose Ramirez fifteen to one. Devers twenty three to one. Buxton thirty to one. Alvarez thirty to one. Wander Franco forty to one. Luis Robert eighty to one. Stanton, I'm sorry, Luis Roberts fifty. Stanton sixty. Kyle Tucker's eighty. Bregman's eighty. Altuve's eighty. Bogarts is eighty. Rizzo's eighty. Anderson eighty five. Springer ninety probably cut it off there anything you would play at those numbers jose ramirez he's uh he's put putting up numbers that you know are very similar to mike trout at triple the price it's amazing people pitched him because there's not that much in the lineup i saw i forget it was the other day somebody there was like a base open and somebody challenged him and he hit the ball a mile i mean he's really good i think he's underrated yeah he just doesn't get the the eyeballs on him because he's not on a playoff team but he's one of the best players in baseball so I actually did bet him too before the season. I bet him twenty-five to one. Pretty good, pretty good. How about National League? Machado plus two seventy-five. Wow, Betts is Betts is four to one. I think last time you were on, Mookie was twenty to one, twenty-five to one. You suggested him. Hopefully, listeners uh, took your advice because, like I said, he's now four to one. I think Machado's dealing with a tennis elbow, and that injury, I guess, could linger based on some of these reports. Uh, Goldschmidt nine to one. He's been on fire. Harper ten to one. Freeman twelve to one. Alonzo thirteen to one. Arenado fifteen to one. Soto eighteen to one. Acuna eighteen to one. CJ Crone thirty to one. Trey Turner forty to one. Lindor forty five to one. Riley Austin sixty to one. Anything again? If you had nothing in pocket, any of these catch your interest? Um, I think Mookie Betts should be the favorite over Machado okay. at this point. Um. Just got done setting Dodgers records for uh, production in the month of May. Home runs, runs. He's 11 runs clear a judge for first place in uh, total run scored, which is just, you know, that's a huge lead two months into the season. Uh, I like Mookie Betts a lot. I have Mookie Betts and Machado both at 25 to 1 or so. I have Bryce Harper also, I think, either 20 or 25 to 1. And Juan Soto, if that number drifts out a little higher, you get a 20 to 1 or higher on Soto, I would absolutely bet Soto. Um, regardless of what I said about the Nationals, the MVP is an individual achievement award, and you really can't argue that Soto is still one of the best players in baseball. Uh, his numbers are actually ahead of where they were in 2021, the end of May. You're getting a pretty big price on him. So if I see that number drift up a little higher, I'm interested in Soto now. He's a preseason favorite, too. Any value on any of these Mets guys? Just because, hey, they win 100-something games. You know, they're the story of baseball. Is there an avenue here? Where... I didn't even realize this till the other day. I don't know how. Maybe I didn't realize this and I forgot. But the Mets have never had an MVP, which is kind of crazy to think about. I think they've been around since 1962. They've never had an MVP. Uh, like I said, Alonzo, 13-1. to 1, Lindor, 45-1. to 1. I would need a little more, even though Lindor started to play a little better. Either of those guys interest you at all? 13's high on Alonzo. Um, but the problem with Alonzo is, as a first baseman, you just kind of put, put his stats versus Goldschmidt or Freddie Freeman or whoever else. And that's not... It's, it's, he's great. He's, he's, you know, he's one of the best power hitters in baseball, but... You know, I don't think there's much separating him. Like, if you flipped him and Freddie Freeman, I don't think either team is very different. Uh, Cy Young, we don't have to go through these individually, but Burns, the favorite in the National League, plus 325. Verlander, plus 450 in the American League. Uh, Cole, 7-1, to one guy that pops out. McClanahan, plus 750. Uh, anybody that you have in mind, just at these current numbers that you think kind of come out of nowhere, and win these awards. Remember, Ray was 100 to 1, I think, post All Star break last year. It came out of nowhere. Now he's pitched terribly uh, this year. But you can get these guys to come out of nowhere and win the Cy Young. Uh, anybody that's kind of a sleeper here in either of the Cy Young markets? I would say for the AL, just because somebody came out of nowhere at a big number and won it last year doesn't mean it's going to happen this year. 
Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean that there aren't guys in the futures market that drift out to 100 to one that have value, but just in this market in particular, the AL Cy Young market, I don't see uh, <clears throat> with so many top heavy guys. Um, I don't see somebody coming from way off the pace and knocking a Verlander, McClanahan, Gosman, sort of Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez. There's so many names. Um, I think McClanahan seven and a half to one, still a great number. Bet him at forty to one before the season. So um, very invested in Shane McClanahan at the moment. In the uh, in the NL, I think it's a little more interesting. Much much more wide open. Corbin Burns deserves to be the favorite, but uh, Sandy Alcantara right there behind him right now. Uh, rookie of the year. This is another one. Guys can come out of nowhere and win. We've seen in past years, hey, this time of year, somebody that's not even in the league yet, not even called up, come, you know, get called up, dominate Jordan Alvarez, I think, a couple years ago. Uh, Rodriguez and, let's see, Rodriguez and Pena, the co favorites pretty much in the American League, both around two to one plus 250 in the National League. Let's see, we've got uh, Suzuki plus 200, Gore plus 250, then Gorman five to one. Um, again, same question. Anyone kind of off the radar anywhere you see value here in this market? Yeah, well, I think in the NL, uh, Suzuki has been totally mispriced for over a month now. Um, books are way too aggressive to move him to an odds-on favorite. Um, absolutely shouldn't have done that. Should have kept him plus money and kept writing bets on him. <clears throat> um, but so now he's back up towards 2-1. to one. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, you mentioned, his numbers, he's, he's sort of there because he hasn't done anything wrong and nobody else has really done anything right. Um, his numbers, if you compare his numbers through the end of May to uh, Trevor Rogers' numbers in 2021, Rogers ended up with one first-place vote at the end of the year, and his numbers were better than Mackenzie Gore's numbers through the end of May. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think I'd probably still be fading Gore here at a short price. I have Gorman. Gave out Gorman 50-1 to 1, um, on Visa and wrote about him. And... Uh, he came up, he's been as good as advertised, and I totally expect now that Suzuki's on the injured list that probably by the end of this week, Gorman and Suzuki will flip the odds. Um, Gorman and Gore will be the favorites going forward, but there's so many guys. Uh, Michael Harris just got called up from Double A to the Braves, playing center field every day. He's... All of a sudden, very live. I bet him at eighty to one. O'Neill Cruz hasn't been called up yet. If if the the Pirates do decide to bring him up and play him every day, you know, I thought there's value on him at forty to one, thirty-seven to one. I think Bet Rivers has right now. Um, trying to think, I, I bet some other sort of deep value guys, but uh, the NL race is very, very much wide open. In the AL, you mentioned. Uh, uh, Julio Rodriguez and Jeremy Pena. If it was not for Jeremy Pena, uh, Julio Rodriguez would be absolutely running away with this right now. Pena very much right there with him and putting up elite numbers himself. So uh, Julio Rodriguez has some competition, but don't count out Bobby Witt either. Bobby Witt all of a sudden putting up some pretty big numbers the last month. Uh, he's a very good hitter, so I expect this race to come down to the wire. And the idea when any of these guys will come up, whether it's Max Meyer, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, I mean, some of these teams just, they, they, they still want to manipulate the service time. I know they tried to address it in the CBA. It just it doesn't seem to be working. These teams are incentivized to keep these guys down as long as possible because if they finish top whatever rookie of the year, they lose a year of service time. So um, I don't know. What do you think in terms of the next wave here of guys getting called up? Uh, sounds like Meyer had a bit of a, a nerve injury in his shoulder that uh... – came up his last start he got shelled and they shut him down for a bit so uh he probably has his timeline pushed back unfortunately and might not be a serious rookie of the year contender thought he would be a month ago now kind of up in the air grayson rodriguez he's made 10 starts at triple a he is by far the best pitcher in all of triple a he won the player of the week award last week I honestly have no idea at this point what Baltimore is waiting for. Um, he should be up, I keep saying, imminently, you know. 
and imminently was two, three starts ago. So any day now, he should get called up and he should be in Baltimore's rotation. I very much think that if any pitcher is going to knock off the uh, the Wit, J Rod, Pena top tier, it's going to be Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday. One last one before we get you out of here. Any bets for the, the night games tonight? Uh, Tuesday, Yankees playing the Angels, Mets playing the Nationals. Anything you got in any of the Major League Baseball games tonight? Yeah, I got the Giants money line. I bet it plus 115. It's good down to about plus 110. And then the uh, the Yankees game, I actually bet the under. I bet it overnight. <clears throat> Gave it out on my pod. I said betting under nine, probably going to go to eight and a half. Looks like it has gone to eight and a half now. Um, if it does pop back up to nine and you have some off-market nine or nine minus 120, I'd definitely bet that under there. Otherwise, I'd probably pass on the eight and a half. But uh, you mentioned Aaron Judge this week. Aaron Judge versus the Angels. It's a very good matchup for uh, MVP conversation, especially if uh, Judge gets to face Otani this week. I think uh, we'll kind of get our first... Uh, first judgment of that matchup and could draw some conclusions there. Wow, that was a good play on words right there with the judgment. I like that. Um, that's a good. That was a good job. Yeah, I'm with you on the under. This Yankee, the bottom of this Yankee lineup is just so bad with Gallo and Hicks and Kiner Falefa and, and Higashioka. Uh, I've been saying they should do the Roger Dorn. I don't know if you've seen Major League Two where they give Roger Dorn a bat and they tell him to go lean into the pitch and get hit on purpose. I mean, it's almost reached that point with Higashioka where he can't get on base unless they walk him or they hit him with a pitch. It's just been awful. Meanwhile, Sanchez uh, just hit another home run for the Twins. Sanchez is having a good year for Minnesota. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get that trade. Uh, I was surprised they got rid of Gary Sanchez, but Yankees—they uh, got a lot of smart people in the front office. So who am I to tell them what to do? Jason, appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun. Let everyone know uh, the Wide World of po- uh, Wine World of Weingarten podcast where they can find it when they can find it. Wide World of Weingarten available uh, almost five days a week on Veasan, uh, Spotify. YouTube, wherever iHeartRadio podcasts are available. And uh, I have an article coming out later today on the awards races going through uh, where everyone stands at the end of May. So um, I'm all over. You can usually find me on VEASAN one day, uh, you know, every day, one way or another. All right, Jason, good luck with your bets. Thanks for coming on. This was fun. Hopefully we'll do it again pretty soon. I'm sure we will. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Jason Weingarten. We'll be back. I think we'll be back tomorrow. We'll do a little Rangers-Hurricanes preview. Probably talk a little finals. We'll obviously talk some baseball. Don't forget to download, rate, review, subscribe, Apple reviews, Spotify reviews, anything we can get, we'll take. So we'll see you tomorrow. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.